0: What up, everybody? Welcome to Episode 3 of the LOD Podcast. My name is Larry Alexander, and I have a special guest with me today. Uh, my good friend, Matt Seward. Matt, how are you, bro?
1: I'm good, man. Thankful that we can uh, bridge the, the time zone gap over the, the joys of the Internet. Yeah. So thanks yep. for having me, dude.
0: No, man. Thank you for being here. Uh, for those of, for those who don't know, Matt, Matt is a good friend of mine from Indy. Uh, Matt is a singer, songwriter, musician, uh, and a worship pastor, um, in, uh, Carmel, Indiana at, uh, can we say, it can we say it? at Northview church? I just said it. it. I just said it. Yeah, it's and shout, shout out to Northview. Shout out to Northview. I love Northview. So, um, I had the privilege of, uh working at Northview for, uh, two and a half years. And that's where I met Matt. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, Matt turned into more than just a coworker. Uh, he turned into a great friend. Uh, we, we wrote together. We did some so- songwriting together, uh, you know, uh, and we did, uh, we were in a, in a, uh, life group together, uh, Bible study group and uh and we just shared a lot of good moments. I got to share with you in in, in the uh celebrating your your Cubs winning, right, the World Series. I remember yeah. that. That's one of the moments I remember. Um yeah, we just shared a lot of good times, Matt. You know? A
1: lot of great it's, yeah, times. Yeah, it's it's crazy uh you know how much change happens in such a short period of time. Yeah. Um but I'm thankful that the Lord has brought us back together and um you know just in the spirit of this conversation i think you reaching out is a great example of how uh these kind of relationships if you're not in proximity with somebody they don't happen by accident right yep so i hope this is uh the first of of many conversations to come
0: yeah man absolutely absolutely um matt you're so you're you're currently in indy you're are you from indiana
1: So I'm kind of an adopted Hoosier.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I've been in Indiana since 2006 when I moved out to go to college. Um, mm. So I grew up in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, my folks still live out there. And so the Midwest has pretty much been home for me. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of my journey has just been more about, um or just as much about the the people and the community where I'm going than it is about the job. You know, a lot of people, um, our age, uh, they just, it's like, let me go move to a cool city and I'll figure it out. Right. Um, which, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that make that work, but, uh, for my wife and I, you know, the last few years, our prayer has just been that God would lead us somewhere we could put down roots. Um, Mm -hmm and just develop relationships that honestly um, without those kind of things in our lives, like we, there's a lot that we wouldn't grow in. Um, And so, yeah, I've been at Northview for the last three plus years. And, um, you know, I felt like right as you and I were starting to, to, to hit our stride and, you know, um, yeah, I appreciate all your help with my hip hop career. First of all, I just (laughs) want to say, um, no, <laughs> for anyone listening, it's actually uh, I learned a lot more from Larry than I think he learned from me, but um, yeah, I think that the reality is that, like, you know, people that aren't in your direct sphere, it's really hard to stay in touch if you're not yeah. making a, a concerted effort for it, so that's true. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot going on, obviously, and yep. um, there's, there's a lot that I'm learning, and so. I'm excited to get to to jump in today for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, speaking of how let me let me ask you you know, I've I've been going through uh you know, this year. I've I've experienced this year from you know, the LA perspective, the West Coast perspective. How how would you describe 2020 for you? you know, so I-
1: far at least. So I think there's like kind of the ministry and work side and there's the personal side and all that is connected. Mm -hmm. Um, I think on the ministry side, you know, at our church, we were experiencing a lot of, um, I guess, momentum uh, as a community, just in terms of digging deeper into what does it mean to be a worshiping church, not just in a service, but with our lives. And there was just kind of an energy uh, in our uh, communities and then our services where it felt like people were really starting to lean in and be vulnerable. Um, which for anybody that doesn't know, you know, Carmel, Indiana, uh, definitely, um, can be a place where if you want to just be comfortable and not be challenged, like you can do that for sure. And so we, we felt like the Lord was challenging us and stretching us in a lot of really, um, cool ways and just seeing kind of having a front row seat to what God was doing. Yeah. Um, I remember the last weekend we had services, we sang the song God of Revival by Bethel. Mm. And it was just so ironic that, you know, here we are singing this song, not knowing what was going to happen with coronavirus. Yeah, And and then it sort of felt like, wait a minute, God, like you were kind of like, there's this move that was happening in our people and even in, in my own life. But now this feels like a step backward Mm. um and so i think it for a while honestly dude i wrestled with um i guess for lack of a better word just my identity you Mm. know so i've i've grown up uh serving in you know different kinds of um, music ministries and it's really easy to slip into believing that you are what you do instead of that you are a child of god and so i think right Right. I struggled with my own motivation. Like, why do I get excited about weekend services and worship and leading a team? Is it because of what I get out of it? Or is it because it's what God's called me to do? And I think mm. if I'm being totally honest, you know, for the sake of this conversation, yeah, I, f- I found myself being convicted about like almost using these weekend spiritual experiences as a substitute for having, to actually go deeper in my right. relationship with the Lord,
0: right? Does that make like, sense? I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. Yeah. Especially when you've when you when you do full time ministry, right? It, it you can fall in into that even deeper, thinking, "Oh, well, I work at a church full time, so you know that's so I'm that, good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm I'm all it's right. So
1: backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my hope and my prayer has just been that people. Um, you know myself included would continue to learn what does it look like to not just go to church but to be the church right and um i think that that's part of what god is is has been stretching me in Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of the personal and the the ministry side but obviously we know there was a uh a viral pandemic, but then also a lot of people woke up to, uh, the pandemic of, of racism as well. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think when that hit, um, I remember the moment, um, you know, my wife showed me the video of George Floyd. We had just come back from small group and I think we actually stopped at the grocery store on the way home. And I went in, my wife stayed in the car and I came back in the car and I, I could just tell something was wrong. And Mm. she just looks so frustrated and upset. And so she was watching this video that broke, um, of George Floyd. And I, it was hard for my brain to realize that what I was watching was real. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead in in our conversation, but I think that maybe just kind of brings you up to speed on, um, you know, the the heaviness that we've all been experiencing but i think the what makes me hopeful is that um there's so much noise being made about it that that you really have to be living under a rock to ignore some of these conversations you know yep so yeah absolutely
0: and you know i i we can have different types of conversations here today um I actually I'm I'm hoping I haven't told you this yet but I I do want to bring you back on another episode to talk a little bit more more about, you know, maybe the music side of things and the ministry side of things and Sure. There's so much we could talk about, but I think that the reason the reason I asked you to to, you know, to to join me in this conversation was because during this time I I saw a lot, you know, of, of different response Mm -hmm. from different people, from different sides of, of the, of the, of the coin from, from, you know, different backgrounds and, and all that. Um, I saw a lot of great responses from a lot of my white friends. Um, some who I heard speak out for the first time, you know, um, and then i also heard a lot of you know responses that i i feel uh were hurtful uh you know and 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 we could get into that in a bit but uh the reason i i wanted to have a conversation with you specifically is because not because i th- i i felt like oh matt was you know a a man that did not care for people of color and and but now he does or or nothing extreme like that but yeah um just i think i uh, and correct me if i'm wrong because you know i may be wrong but i i i felt like this time around it almost felt like you felt the need to 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 use your voice and speak out and use your platform to speak out on uh, on and speak out against racism and you know and just bring hope uh to people in 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 your own way and and i i felt like you kind of invited us into your journey of figuring this out and and we we're talking about this uh last week how you know you you say you don't you don't have it figured out yet right you're still learning and you're still in that process Um, but I want you to take us through that. What, what, what has that journey looked like?
1: Yeah. So I guess my, the quickest initial response that I could give to that, just in listening to, to what you just said, um, I had a conversation with a guy from our church who's black and um, he, we've just been trying to call as many folks as we could to just um, have a conversation and check in and see how people are doing. And um, he, I, I don't think I've ever actually met him, um, but he mm. was gracious enough to take his time and kind of share his heart with me. And one of the things that he said was, um, we don't need sympathy. We need empathy. Mm. And so I think to answer your question, that's been the biggest shift for me. Um, then the last couple of months has just been trying to. Um, feel the weight of it with people, even yeah. though I'll never fully be able to. Right. Uh, I think that's what empathy does, is that you're you're putting yourself in someone's place and imagining what that would feel like. Yeah. And I started to think back on all the, the conversations that I've had with, um, you know, friends of mine that are people of color, and it made me reevaluate even just some of the pride in my own life that I probably had towards protecting my own privilege, you know? Mm. And we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, that's been the biggest shift in what God's done in my heart is helping me first to just get over myself because it's not about me. Hmm. Um, because I think until you do that, until you, you know, a lot of the resources that I've been leading into have talked about decentering yourself from the mm. situation. So saying, I'm not in the middle of this, and so I shouldn't act like it, right? Right. And I think that's where I see a lot of tension is people are still putting themselves in the middle of their own universe. And so it's not surprising when they're defensive about this kind of a situation. Right. You know, and so, so since then, I think I, you know, it's like, Dipping in your toe in the water to like, see how hot it is. It's like, all right, I'm not going to just jump in. Like I'm going to ease into this. Yeah. And, um, so it's helped that, um, I think Cass and I are on a very similar page in terms of, um, you know, just being unified in the fact that yes, racism is still a very real, yes, there are still people in positions of power that, are making decisions to try to keep themselves in power um, and to keep the systems in place that have put them there. Um, It's like, bro, it was a lot when we started to um, allow our eyes to be open to all that stuff. I remember um, the first book I ordered was um, uh, why are all the black kids sitting together at the cafeteria
2: Hmm.
1: and, and just reading things like, you know, um, a lot of the housing issues uh, back in like the, you know, um, 19th century where uh, people were, um, or sorry, the 1900s, where were, were Blacks were literally um, unable to to buy houses because these lenders were punished. I mean, essentially redlining is what we're talking about. Um, And so you, you start to see how segregation was um, it was geographical.
2: Yeah. And
1: so all of a sudden you don't have access to certain schools and certain resources. And um, white people have myself included have been able to be ignorant because it hasn't affected them. And so I think all that to say uh, I'm just in a place of like, wanting to let it affect me, um, for probably yeah. the first time, you know?
0: Yeah, man, you, you, you mentioned earlier that the, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Can, can you break that down a little more? What, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So sympathy, I don't think you have to turn your heart on. Sympathy is like, you know, maybe in your head where it's mm. like i feel i feel bad for that person. Right. Empathy is more of i feel bad with that person. Mm. Yeah. And you That's you, how i would describe it.
0: You kind of you kind of, you know, asking god like yo let let me let me mourn with those that mourn, right? And let me let me let me just step into that that place of that, that person and, 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 and feel the way they're feeling And what you said is true. You're not, truth is you're never going to fully understand what, what that looks like, right? Uh, what that experience is like, you know, I, myself, uh, uh as a Hispanic, you know, I've, I've had my, my own experiences. Um, but, I, but even my experiences are, are not the same as my African-American brothers and sisters, right? Um, because of all they've gone through, but just like you, I am, I'm trying to step in a little further in and, and, and feel with them and, and empathize with them during this time. Um, and I've said this, I've said this before. I feel like, you know, Me as a Hispanic man and the and the and and what I'm able to to the freedoms that I'm able to to enjoy. A lot of them I'm able to enjoy because of the fight that my black brothers and sisters have, you know, been in for years and have been fighting for for years. You know, so so I see it as, you know, it's my time. It's time for me as a Hispanic man to join the fight. You know for justice for equality um and so see so yeah man and and I feel like i'm in a uh i feel blessed because I was able to you know step out of my world, you know in l a like I grew up in south l a uh i think I didn't have white friends till college, you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> before that i didn't I didn't really personally know. Uh, a lot of white people or you know other than the people my dad worked for <laughs> um yeah.
1: that's you know? funny bro i was the other side of that coin i didn't have meaningful relationships with people of color until after college wow yeah you know so i think there's you and i maybe have a little more uh in common in our kind of the path of our journey than we thought you know yeah
0: yeah exactly and and i and I don't know if you you you'd probably agree with this that man when you when you step out of your bubble your world into somebody else's world uh a lot changes yeah. a lot of your perspective changes, and I think that is one of the biggest uh one of the biggest problems that we have, one of the biggest hurdles we need to jump over, and that is stepping out of our bubble, stepping out of our world and, 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 and stepping out of our comfort and going into somebody else's world, seeking to understand, right. And, and seeking just to simply have a conversation like you did. Um, what, why do you think that why do you think we have like like trouble with that trouble with 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 doing that or or why are we not seeing that as something that is that is needed, especially in our country
1: Dude, that's a great question. um just to share from like recent experience, uh, I think it has to be relational, you know so like for example um last Friday, a buddy of mine who serves at our church, um, asked me to be a part of a video shoot. He is releasing a single that he had just, uh, recorded. And, um, and so him and his wife and their whole family, their kids are awesome. They're, um, you know, a part of our church and he's a part of our worship team. And, um, and I walked into the studio and I, was like the only one of the only white people there. Mm. And I, I talked with my wife about this afterwards. And I said, because I don't even think I knew what, how, I, how I felt at the time. Yeah. But it was one of those moments where, and you and I talked about this last week mm. um, a little bit, but where I, it dawned on me like, this is how so many people of color feel all the time, walking into a predominantly white. It's how my friend Antoine feels when he comes and serves at our church, hmm. and just seeing him in his element, you know, like they're just clowning and he's making jokes. And I was like, "It's like, bro, like you need to know that you have the green light for me to be 100 percent yourself, no matter where you are." Yeah. And he just kind of said to me, he was like, "He's like, I want to be, but it's it's not always easy." And yep. for the fir- for the first time, I could relate to that. I was like, "Man, I." It took me probably about thirty minutes to an hour, even just to get comfortable in my own skin, no pun intended. Um and so it just that situation really opened up my eyes to what you were just asking about when it comes to putting yourself outside of your own bubble. And um if I didn't have a relationship with my friend, he might not have invited me to be a part of that. Right. Um I I might not have uh you know been open to it right and yeah. so i know it sounds like a really oversimplified answer but i think if we can be intentional about building bridges um with the people god's already placed in our lives yeah um so those people are there whether we realize it or not sometimes we just have to look
0: yep yep man and it's funny because as soon as you mentioned that i started i started kind of remembering you know my first you know my first time at, at in indiana my first time at northview you know yeah bro being cause when i first started working there I, I believe i was the only colored person on staff you, you might know? have been and 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 i think later on uh you know uh you know other people got hired and and, and that was that was super cool um, but it's not a small staff right and I it's, mean, and it's that. not a small staff, you know, yeah, and uh you know and and i and like I said earlier, I love northview I, I Northview holds a special place in my heart, um, but I remember that I remember feeling like, man, like this is this is different, I'm not you know in my space yeah. i I did feel like I had to act a certain way, right. Um, so, so yeah, man. Uh, but going back, going back to, going back to your journey, um, you know, so you mentioned you had a conversation, right, with, with, with someone, uh, um, from, from the church and, and, and that, you know, the whole, uh, having empathy and, and so that conversation happened. What? Because that could easily, that could easily be something that you just internalize and you work through privately. Sure. Right. Um. What made you take it public? What made you? What mm-hmm. What has made you be so vocal? Um. You know, publicly on on social media, and, and whatnot. What would you say to that?
1: You know, what comes to my mind is just thinking about my own upbringing and how I, listen, man, like I'm I'm a, a byproduct of, um, you know, kind and humble and talented people that have been willing to pour into me over the years um, when they didn't have to. And so, right. you know, I would never discount um, the value that those people have added to my life. Um, but what I will say is... I've been in a position to just um, be either actively or subconsciously ignorant to a lot of these things my entire life, just because of, um, you know, the family that I was born into and the situation that I grew up in. And um, and as thankful as I am for those things, I think I the light bulb moment for me was there are so many other people that were raised in a similar way for me as a 33 year old white guy who grew up in the church and um, there's this huge part of my life that i'm realizing is missing and if god Mm -hmm. really does call us to be uh ministers of reconciliation that has to include everybody you know it's like it's like the (laughs) the the pharisee that asks jesus you know who who his neighbor is, because he wants to be able to pick and choose who he loves, right? Right. And then he tells you know the story of the good Samaritan, and so I just think that God is always challenging our um, comfort, yeah. And he's always he's always challenging my idea of who my my neighbor is, and so I think once I realized that it was an issue for me, I just thought, man, if I can share stuff that helps other people to have a similar light bulb go off. Um, I want to do that. Yeah. Now I will say that I'm, it's like a really weird balance because I'm coming at it from a place of, of like um, just like basic, basic knowledge, you know, like someone that's not an expert on something, you don't want them like being the person that like everyone learns from. Right, Um, Right. But I think just trying to pay attention to the Holy spirit Um, and just letting that flow without second guessing it and knowing that he's going to prompt me to say what I need to say and hopefully to not say what I don't need to say. Um, So I think in terms of me speaking out and sharing things on social media, a lot of it is just sort of this awareness of there are other people who were kind of blind like I was. um, And maybe, they see enough of something that makes them pause and think and go, "Hmm, what does this look like for me to change into to lean into this conversation about racism?" Yep. So,
0: man. We we were talking about about the church, right? Uh and, and I wanted to get into this because uh, some of the people, most of the people that are probably listening to to this right now, uh, are people of faith, mm-hmm. um, and if they're not, they're probably questioning a lot of the church's uh, response, right? To to this and and it and I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, Matt. Please, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be a little vulnerable here. Um, I've, I've, uh, the, these last few weeks, I've, I've felt some type of way about the church, man. Um, I've felt, I've, I've felt a little hurt mm. with, um, the church and, and, and by the church, I mean, the, um, you know, the body of Christ, the Christians and, and believers and, you know. I, I've I've felt hurt because we we've uh, I just don't understand how how we've we've stepped out of the 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 biggest command that God that Jesus gave us you know just love your neighbor right love your neighbor love God love love your neighbor as yourself and and. And how time after time, you know, and we that we look in, in scripture, we see, you know, evidence of 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 us being called to stand up for the oppressed, stand up for for those the marginalized, the the, you know, Jesus did it all the time, like, and and what I've felt the church has had the place where the church has been and obviously not everybody. Um, but I feel like we've been, we've turned into a, a community that is standing up and being more, uh, vocal about defending your political, uh, views and your political values. Um, overstanding standing standing for people standing for the oppressed and and yes i i know that i know that for many so you know some of those political values or political views that you have are there because of what you believe to be you know to be right and to be you know kind of connected to to your biblical worldview i i guess you could say it that way um and I get that, I get that, but I feel like we've crossed the line, I feel like the church has crossed the line, um, and has, has stepped into a place where you're, you're just super vocal about your political views, and, and, and you've, you're so defensive on that, that you're no longer, like, paying any attention to how hurtful that is to the people God has called you to serve and love. Um, so, yep. I want, I, w- I want to ask you about that. What, what is your perspective on that? Well, I would just
1: say to anybody listening to just maybe push pause, whatever that looks like for you. Cause I think what you just said, Larry is, um, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think if it strikes you, um, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day that I'll, I'll recommend here later Yeah. Um, where one of the hosts said, if I look at my life, where I'm most insecure is often where I get most angry. Mm. And so I would just say that as a response to a lot of maybe why we're seeing, you know, people in the church respond with such defensiveness Um is because there's an insecurity that they either don't know about or don't want to think about. And that insecurity translates to anger and fear and frustration. Um, And so you get people who say, um, this is the worldview that I subscribe to. I've given my life to the Lord. But then you look at the actions or the things that you see on social media and there's a disconnect. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there is definitely a piece of it where, um, you know, um, Christians are never going to fully represent and be the ambassadors of Christ that God's called us to be. But, um, yeah, that's why, it's why Jesus tells people they will know you by your love. And, um, I think, you know, Jesus even, says, if you love people that love you back, like big deal, like, like true love is measured in loving people that don't yeah. love you back. And so, right. Man, what you're asking is, I think, a, a big question and an important question. And um, my wife and I are, are in a group every Monday through the organization Be the Bridge, which they're basically just their whole goal, their whole mission is uh, developing curriculum and providing resources for people to be bridges yeah. in their community um, in racial re- reconciliation. Yeah. 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 So anybody that's curious, there's a podcast. You can sign up to be a part of a group. And um, there was a lady on our call last week and she was just sharing the same frustration that you just shared about feeling like you're in the middle of the walking dead. Hmm. You know, how are all these people so asleep? Hmm. And I I can't say that fully because I'm just starting to wake up. Um, But I had this, I feel like God just kind of like dropped this um, perspective in my brain, but you know, I think about times where I've been tied up in in legalism and in a works-based religion, which is not at all what Christianity is. Yep. And those are the times in my life when I've been super defensive and super exhausted because it all falls on me to live and die with my successes and my failures. Right. So I think when you and I, I just wonder if when we see people that just dig in their heels and it's, well... I care more about the the party that I'm defending than the the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that comes from maybe deep down there's a fear, a a, a fear of, oh, my gosh, if I admit that I'm wrong, I don't have a framework for grace Mm. because my faith is rooted in legalism. Wow. And I think there are definitely – I mean, I I've I still struggle with that every day. Yeah. Um, I think if, if we're creating cultures in our church that lead people to what am I doing? What box am I checking versus who am I becoming? Who has God called me to be? I think you're always going to have that struggle of works versus faith. And yep. um, so I know that's kind of a, that's maybe more of an ambiguous answer to your question, but I just wonder if there's a correlation between Someone who's struggling to be open and to let God break their heart for the things that break His yeah. in the area of of racism, and that same person maybe also having a works based faith where yep. it's enough it's enough for me to go to church yep. and phone it in. Yep. When why why am I surprised that I don't have a heart for the things that God has a heart for when wow when I don't ask Him for it? Yeah, right. Yeah
0: that that's it's so interesting you say that because i i was wondering that a while ago when i saw a couple of people that were that i've i've had experience with of of seeing them being so loving and being mm-hmm. so giving yeah um w- in when it came to missionary work when it came to outreach work. But. But then their response to certain things. Was very contradicting in my opinion. Right. And and this is my opinion. Sure. Um, and it make and what you just said makes sense because. I feel like sometimes we we try to overcompensate with works, right? Mm-hmm. We try to we try to do do all of this um and in hope to be able to ignore the fact that you know, we have a certain perspective and a certain way that we see uh certain situations, certain people um you know and we are all at fault for that you know it's not just one side you know Let, let's let's be honest here like you know i i've had to have conversations with 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 you know some friends uh even here in you know in LA where you know i, I i've heard things like you know oh all oh, you know, all conservatives are racist and are hateful people. And, you know, and, and, and my response to that is no, it's not Mm -hmm. because again, because I've stepped out of my bubble, I've stepped out of my comfort and I've been, uh, surrounded by people, you know, that have a different perspective than, than, Than I have or the people that I've been surrounded by have, you know, but the love that I've received and that I've shared with these people, you know, reflects something different than what I had thought or what I had heard from Mm -hmm. others. Right. So. So I think I think that 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 both sides can have something to work work on as far as within the church and your political stance and all that. And, and I, I've, I've slowly started to like, accept that, uh, that politics are important in this and sure. are, are a conversation we have to have, but I have a problem with it being a priority many times and being a first lens that we that we see the world through yep. before seeing it through the lens of grace right um and and so hmm. my question to you is you know again speaking on this on the church and 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 certain sides of the body of Christ and how they've responded what what do you feel we're missing what 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 are we missing in this what 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 are we not getting and and this is obviously like you said you don't you you're you're in your journey and so i think as far as where you're at now and what you've been hearing what you what you feel has spoken to you what do you feel uh we're missing or what do you feel you had missed for a long time
1: yeah i mean just trying to process some of the stuff that you just shared i think part missing and this sounds so um it's going to sound like a no-brainer if you look at um sort of the life that that jesus lays out for people who want to follow him um yeah being comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm. is something that we are not good at yep so we love to read about the disciples and oh my gosh they just dropped everything and followed jesus good for you but now i'm gonna live my life and i'm guilty of this all the time and say god i'm gonna go do my own thing and then just check in with you and see if you're good with it after i've already decided what i'm gonna do yeah so we don't have this habit of surrender and of um i mean really just repentance uh about our own lives and our own hearts you know david says in the psalms um Actually, maybe it's somewhere else. The heart above all else is deceitful. Mm, yep. And um, yep. that kind of goes against like the Disney theology of our <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, follow your heart and your dreams will come true. <laughs> right. So, I think part of it is just, you talked about individualism in the very beginning. Yeah. Is yeah. Elevating, putting yourself on this pedestal versus yep. saying, God, I, you know, Psalm 139, search my anxious heart. Um, you know, test my thoughts, lead me in the way everlasting. Um, I think if that's not our prayer, if we can't be suspicious of our own hearts, um, poof, it's going to be real tough to yep. change. And that's, that's something that, that's like, not a race thing. That's a human thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I talk about that all the time in our marriage, where if I'm more suspicious of her than I am of myself, we're just going to have conflict all the time because I'm not willing to humble myself. And so I think part of, I've seen, I've seen the church mm. on an individual level, organizational level, definitely lean in, um, in some really hopeful ways. Yeah. But I, th- I think that when the hashtag stop trending and when the, the national news media isn't covering all these stories, are we going to still be the change that God's supposed right. to be, you know? Right. Yeah
0: man you 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 mentioned something super super key and we're 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 talking about this you're you're mentioning the you know individualistic um uh kind of approach right to our christianity um you know we're where i'm gonna do my own thing and yeah and it's i feel that is so contrary to the way God made us to be period. Mm -hmm. Right. We were made to live in community. We were made to, you know, to, to, to live with each other and, and dwell with each other. And then our mission as Christians and, and, and followers of Christ, right. Is to share the good news. Well, how are we sharing the good news when with people that we don't have relationship with, right? We see a lot of, a lot of people are so turned off by Christianity nowadays, right? Yeah. And, and there could be a lot of things, a lot of reasons why. But I think one of those reasons is because of how, like, how we are not relation we have not been relational with people and and i feel like we we have misinterpreted the whole thing of like being in the world but not of the world and and kind of use that as a reason to you know isolate ourselves and you know but at the same time you know we're called to be salt right Salt in the world, and we gotta we gotta go out there. We gotta the light. We're called to be light in the world, and and you can't. There's no purpose of. I've heard this before. I don't remember who I heard it from, but of somebody just giving the example of you're not gonna put a bunch of lamps in one room, right? And just keep them there. No, you're gonna you're gonna take a a lamp and put it in a dark room, and and put them in different areas. You're gonna, you know, you yeah. know the street lights. They're all over the. You know, just you know mm-hmm. l- lighting up everything so but w- we've done the opposite right wow and and so i wanted to mention something you mentioned something else that that i w- i want you to elaborate on and and i want you to give me your point point of view on this i don't know if you heard john gray and stephen furtick's um conversation they had a while i ago. heard part of it yeah they John Gray brought this thing up of you know people's anger about people's anger uh about the 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 protests and the riots and the looting and he mentioned how you know people are so focused on the symptom on that symptom and are f- forgetting or are ignoring the fact that that's a symptom of an underlying disease an underlying sickness, right which is racism, and yeah. so you brought something up so key where, where you you know you're saying that there there there's some of these things are are not just are not just a race problem but they're a human problem right and I was thinking when you think of diseases. And you think of these sicknesses, for example, the you know this th- this virus that that we're, you know, that uh, we're dealing with right now, right? We 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 don't fully know everything about it, but but I think that a lot of the, a lot of the people that are like that are taking it harder on them are people that have had. And either unhealthy lifestyle or have dealt with other, you know, diseases or or sicknesses or whatever, right? And I'm thinking, I feel like this applies to racism, mm. right? I feel like when our heart is, ha, is is has other little sicknesses or other unhealthiness, right, within it it feeds into that into that overall disease overall sickness but when you start posturing wow. your heart to to love others and 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 to be more like Christ right i feel like your your response to racism is completely different than the wow. response that we've been having can can you elaborate on on just that thought
1: you know I, I'm not going to take credit for this because you're the one that's kind of inspired that the metaphor of like pre-existing conditions,
2: mm.
1: right? So a lot of people are asymptomatic. How many people have asymptomatic racism? Mm. Where yeah. it's like, I didn't even know I was sick. I just knew something was wrong. Huh. And so I think to your point. I guess the way that I would respond to that is just, you know, nobody nobody gets more upset that they have a upper respiratory cough or a fever than they do that they just have a disease. That would make no sense. Right. And to your point about a, a protest being a symptom of a bigger problem, it's, it, it is so interesting, um, to use a nice word, to see... <laughs> to see people get more upset about the protests than about the problem that created them. And I think I, when I first saw the Minneapolis police department go up in flames, my first thought was like, Whoa, that seems (laughs) like, like that's crazy. Yeah. Is that a no? And now granted, we don't know the specifics around that situation, right? Who, who started the fire, like all that stuff. But, you know, I think in that conversation you referenced with Stephen Furtick and John Gray, it's like, just pause and ask yourself the question, what could have possibly created that kind of anger and frustration? Right. Is there there anything that you're missing before you jump to conclusions about whatever you saw on Fox or CNN? Right. 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 So I think even just having conversations with My parents, my brother and I, who um, have just tried to, you know, it's it's hard in families when you're like, wow, we've agreed on so much for our whole lives. And now all of a sudden there's like this weird tension.
0: Right. Um, And let me tell you, you're not alone in that, by the way.
1: Yeah. Right. So I think it's just it's really interesting when you when you look at am I curating my news feed or my news outlets to tell me what I want to hear. Hmm. And so I think to kind of go back to your original um, point about uh, just the, the symptoms, I think it can be really easy to, um, and it's part of privilege, you know, as you can get upset about the stuff that affects you and not upset about the stuff that doesn't affect you. Right. So, there's yeah bro, that was really good what you said about just um the difference between the actual disease and the symptoms that it creates, and I think that yeah it's it's really important to even in our own lives to go, are there places in my life that I was already unhealthy, and yeah. did that un- did that unhealth lead to more unhealth right, right, yep, yeah, so, absolutely man, that's good
0: yeah and and it it's it's so interesting because i've um you know i've recently been going through that in uh uh in my physical life right i've been trying to um i had a little scare a few weeks ago you know with 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 my health um you know and it made me it made it made me be more intentional and pay more attention to to those unhealthy habits, right? Mm. And understanding yeah. that those unhealthy habits were kind of adding up and and causing this this you know illness that I was feeling, you know. So man, I think when you when you said when you said that, you know, you you and and, and Cass or you know had been having conversations about, about that, and, and and about some of those things that, you know, that, that we kind of do, you know, you know, outside of the racism stuff, but just, you know, other, other things that, that probably we should, we should, we should move about a, a different way, and I, I just think that we, we need to be more intentional, about about these things about changing these habits we need to be more intentional about being em- empathetic you know and 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 showing empathy and approaching imagine that imagine if your if if our approach would be the first the f- the first time we see the headline of looting and rioting would it, Imagine if our approach would be why, right other than yeah. saying you know these people are terrible, but asking why right mm-hmm. uh with with Kaepernick, you know feeling immediately feeling offended and disrespected, you know by him taking a knee during the national anthem but asking why I'm not asking you to, to, to be okay with it. But what if your approach was of seeking to understand, right? Why do you think that's, that, that, that's hard for us? Like, you know, does it fall down, fall back into the, that whole individualism that, that we live in?
1: So this is going to sound like a random response, but just stay with me and hopefully it makes sense. Yeah. Because when I first, when everything with Cap happened and he took a knee, yeah. I didn't even stop to ask why. Mm. I just was like, oh, that seemed other people seem upset about that. So I should probably be upset about it. And there's mm. this, this hurt, you know, we talk about herd mentality where you just think the same way oh, the people man. around you think. Oh man. Bro, so that was like, that was me. I wasn't like, you know,
0: wasn't pissed,
1: but I was like, that right. seems like that seems like wrong, I
0: guess. Yeah. Um, Everybody but, in my circle feel it's wrong. So, right.
1: And who does yeah. my circle look like? And if huh. my circle look, if, I, if my circle looks a lot like me and nobody looks like Colin Kaepernick, maybe I should pause. Yeah. So, so I think that to answer your question, I wonder, you know, this is, this is a weird, but like, contacts and i've had like terrible vision for a long time but when you go to the optometrist you know they ask you okay option one option two which one's clearer option three option four which one's clearer and i used to bro i would get so nervous about not being able to see the the letters on the back of the screen yeah i would turn around and i would look and i would try to memorize the letters (laughs) like how how is that (laughs) yeah like i'm not getting the help that i need because i was I was embarrassed about what I man couldn't see. Okay. Wow. Let me me just say that again. I didn't get the help that I needed because I was embarrassed about what I couldn't see, man. And so I think that when it comes to our response to certain things being, um, either judgment or empathy. Yeah. You know, I think about, there's just and that goes back to insecurity. Like if I am anchored in my identity in Christ and who God says that I am, I don't have to feel insecure about the things that I can't see. I can just ask God to open my eyes. Right. And so I think a lot of it is just the lens that we will walk around with, the lens that people have um, until you go to option three or four. Or five or six. That's clearer. Hmm. Um, and until you choose to look in certain places, yep. I think that's been kind of the the theme for for my wife and I these last couple months has been choosing to look where we don't normally look. Yeah. Um, to see things we wouldn't normally see. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, in, you know, and I, I totally re- can can relate to that because. So, so to to give you a little bit of context, so here in L.A. L.A. is big. L.A. is a big city, right? Um, and you have different areas, different neighborhoods, different different cities within the L.A. County, right? Yeah. And and for the most part, you kind of stay in your own area. And it it almost feels... It's interesting because when I went to... When I lived in Indy, it was... uh, I felt like... It was more natural to move around from town to town. From city to city. Right? Even from, you know, state lines. One reason is because it was... Everything is so close to each other. But... But in, in L.A., you usually just stay in your area you stay in your in your in your neighborhood and I, and this is a little side note you know but i i wonder if if redlining has a lot to do with that right but um but but i had i've only been to compton like twice okay and i am probably like twenty thirty minutes away. The reason being is because, you know, I I I don't know a lot of people in Compton. Now I know a couple of people that that I recently met. Um, I had only been to like a certain area of Watts because my uncle lived there, and Watts is just down the street from Compton. Um, and so I I recently went there, right? for so we our church did partner with a church in Compton to do this uh event it was called a week to breathe and so we mm. did two two events called a night to breathe so we did a night to breathe here oh. at in, in our church uh in our parking lot and then we went to their church and um and it it, it was it was a great experience and it was interesting because we were one of our pastors was in charge of creating the program for the event here at our church. And, 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 and our, our church is Hispanic. Our church is uh, a mainly a uh, Latino uh, church, a Spanish-speaking church. So we did the program how we saw fit. We had hmm. different speakers, and it was great. It was great. Then two days later, we went to Compton and they did the program over there. And this is a black church. Um, and the event was completely different over there. And when I, when I, m- my experience in that and seeing that was so amazing and so eye-opening because I'm not going to lie to you. Part of me growing up, in South Central LA in a predominantly black area i sometimes fell into thinking i i knew and i understood mm. my 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 black brothers and sisters wow and i i i fell into thinking i i i get you i get you i grew up here i get it me going to Compton and and being part of a an event organized by 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 black people, by my black brothers and sisters and seeing the purpose behind that event versus the purpose behind our event was completely different. Our purpose almost felt like let's let's unify let let's do this to unify yeah their event did the same but a lot of it was let's heal. Let's take some time like the first person that went up she she was a, a she's a doctor and I forget her name. Um but she came up and she was just like we're just going to do some breathing exercises and just and just take a moment to meditate and just rest and oh. just breathe. And and it felt so needed in that moment. I didn't know why. I couldn't understand why. But it felt like, man, there is so much pain in this place. There's so much there's so much hurt in this place that this feels necessary. And then the rest of the of the of the night was a lot of healing. A lot it was more about healing than than anything else and that's a that that was a moment where i understood i don't i don't fully understand <laughs> that's when that's when i understood that oh. i don't fully understand and that i don't fully get get it yeah because i ha even though i've been in this area i haven't been i haven't fully been in your life a- yeah. as 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 a black person and i think i think Christians fall into that a lot, into thinking we know it, into into yep. thinking we understand, in, into thinking we get it without 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 going to your house, without stepping into your home. And Jesus showed us that we needed to do that. Right. He did yep. it with, with Zacchaeus. Right. He could have easily just had a conversation with them right then and there. Right. And told him what he needed to to know what he needed to hear yeah but jesus went out of his way to to say i'm gonna go into your house i'm gonna go and sit with you sit with your people right yeah a- and and be part of you so bro what 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 are your thoughts on that and sorry i i dropped a no. lot i i no, my, no, no. my bad <laughs>
1: dude i think when you're you're hosting something that's put in your heart like you know i'm I'm glad that you took the time that you needed to share that because I think what you just described and the way you connected it to how Jesus lived his life
2: hmm.
1: i'm gonna say I'm gonna say something that might get me in trouble but I'm gonna say it anyway Jesus didn't invite people to a service he the way he lived his life was so attractive that they just followed him yep and so we've been going through this Francis Chan uh study with our small group and he brought up the point where um after he first calls the disciples to follow him Jesus isn't preaching to the crowds yeah preaching to the disciples yeah and the disciples just or the crowd just happens to be there yep so he's committing his life to the people that he knows are all in and he's empowering them to go do what he did. And so listen, man, I love, I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. I think we need community. We need to gather. Yeah. But it's to be sent. Right. And if we don't right. if we don't gather to do what you just said to go into people's houses and into their communities, um, then I think it's only half of the equation, bro.
0: Man. Man. That's so now, I've been true. guilty I've been guilty of that. Yeah. You know. I think we all have. Yeah. We all have. All right, so just just cuz I, you know, we're 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 running out of time here. I want to ask you what what do you think is next? What what's next for us? What what should be next? Or what's next for Matt? I guess. Let, let me just go there. What's next for Matt in, in this, in this topic, in this conversation?
1: So I feel like, um, there's a few things that kind of all play into one. Um, you know, one is just, I think my, my posture has to be a posture of, um, openness and um almost like learning how to not be offended hmm. you know uh, yeah. I, I'll, and i'll just say too is like a quick side note uh, it's it feels overwhelming to your point to say that you grew up um as a as a latino in a predominantly black community and, and thought like hey i understand a lot of this stuff that not everyone understands for you to say And have a moment of, wait, there are still differences and there are still things that I'm learning. Yeah. I think that it could make some people, and I felt like overwhelmed by like, oh my gosh, is the gap so big that like, I'll have to learn so much. Mm. And I think, I think Satan would want to use that to discourage us from, from, from doing anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I would just say, if you're listening and you feel overwhelmed to know that, um, that's when God does his best work is when Mm. we're desperate and when we're at the end of ourselves. Um, So I think practically Larry, to answer your question, you know, I'm trying to focus on um, rhythms and Mm. relationships. Yeah. So, so how are my rhythms different? Where do I, where do we go out to eat, um, to dinner? You know, what, what communities and local businesses do we support Um, how are we intentionally putting ourselves in a position where, um, you know, we're going to interact with people that are different than us versus just kind of going back to what's comfortable. So we're trying to be prayerful about our rhythm, I think. And then as well, the flip side of that is just, um, you know, being prayerful about our relationships. Yeah. Uh, there's, so we live in an apartment complex and there's, uh, two sisters across the hall that we've lived here for like over a year, bro. And Mm. it wasn't until we had them over for dinner for the first time two weeks ago. Mm. And the only thing that changed is we were trying to be intentional. Yeah. Because we were uncomfortable. Super key. So I think it's just so easy. You know, you talk about privilege kind of being the ability to, to walk away from the issue Mm. and to not have to deal with it. Um, there's a book called white awake by a guy named dan hill who pastors a a multi-ethnic church in chicago and he tells his own journey of of awareness about racism and um he was doing a friend of his wedding uh who i think the guy was um it was an indian couple or at least the the groom was indian and uh you know so there's a lot of like nuances and and rituals and things that are different about um, that kind of a wedding culturally that was new to him. And he walked up to his friend in the middle of the reception and said, Hey man, I would just, I just wish that, that my culture was as vibrant and as interesting as yours. Mm -hmm. And his friend stopped and put his hand on his shoulder and said, actually you do have a culture and it pretty much wins every single time. (laughs) You just don't realize it. Right. And so I think I only say that to say I'm trying to be mindful of where places that I thought white people didn't have a culture. It really just means it's the predominant culture. And I haven't seen it because it's been the norm. Right. You know, so I think between just being thoughtful about our rhythms, you know, how we spend our time and then who we spend our time with. I think that it has to start in the day-to-day yeah and i'm i'm really careful bro to like make sure that i'm not posting something that i'm not trying to work on right in my own private life um that's good but there there is a part of me too that's like i think jesus definitely ruffled people's feathers and if you're doing that for the right reasons and if your heart is in the place um i think you you just have to trust that um that the holy spirit's gonna work through it yes
0: yeah yeah you mentioned rhythm and relationships and i i i love that i love that that that's key if if you could leave with something today i would say that find find the rhythms and find and find the relationships because what you said you know seeing that the gap is so big can be intimidating right and 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 trying to figure out where to start can be intimidating. I think that we could even fall into trying to educate ourselves and reading all these books and listening to all these things and use that as an excuse to not Girl. do the the harder, more uncomfortable thing, but yet the more significant and more life-changing which is the relationship right so so you could try to get educated all you want and if you don't sit down at the table with somebody that looks different from you all of that isn't really doing much right but this can do it all like this can do everything this can change everything um so so props to you matt because I think that's the I think that's key what you said finding a rhythm yes I think it's important to get to get educated it's important to support you know these businesses it's it's important to do all these things but separating them and knowing this is good and this is important I need to find the rhythm to do this little by little but the relationship side has to go with it and I have to go and do that, and and so Amen. I. Props to you, man. Props to you for doing that. So, um, I want to keep going. To be honest, I wish I, we could keep going, but I think we're gonna have to stop here. We're gonna hey, have gotta, to stop. You here. gotta leave them
1: one more, right? Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um. So the last thing is, what resources, uh, Matt? What 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 are some of the resources that you that you have been Uh, diving into and that you would like to share and and we'll put this on social media so so people could could go to and see it as well but
1: yeah yeah no that's great um i you know i think my the list grows every day for me i think the one thing that i've tried to be to focus on is making sure that um the resources and the things that i'm learning from are not all written by or driven by white people Right. Mm. Like how, how ironic would that be? Right. So there are things that people of color that black people can speak to. Yeah. Um, And then there are things like this book I mentioned, White Awake by a white pastor. And it's, it's his journey from kind of being blind to having his eyes open. And you talk about this guy was like in ministry, um, you know, sir actually served at Willow Creek for a period of time. Oh,
2: wow. And,
1: And, It just, so to be able to learn from different people, I think is helpful. Yeah, yeah, Um, absolutely. So there's that book, it's called White Awake. Um, There's another one that's just really like um, helpful in defining what racism and anti-racism is. It's called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. Um, Mm. And then a couple of podcasts, I mentioned the Be the Bridge podcast. Uh, There's also one... um, that Steve Carter hosts with hmm. Sam Acho, uh, who used to be a, a linebacker in the NFL, and then Samantha Ponder, who's a, a, an anchor for um, ESPN. It's called the Home Team Podcast, hmm. and so they—they, they, it's just because it's a diverse group. They—they they talking about issues around race, but they also talk about other stuff too. Yeah. Um, and then if you're looking for a couple people to follow on IG. Uh, there's a British guy named Paul Scanlon, um, S-C-A-N-L-O-N, Paul Scanlon, U-K. And then there's a, a guy named Light Watkins. And mm-hmm. they both just – I'm always looking for stuff that's, like, super practical and um, but also challenging. Yeah. And so I think just learning how to curate your feed of who, yes. am, I, who am I following, the voices that I'm listening to. Yep. And I went through, bro, and I was like – okay, I need to start exposing myself to voices that I wouldn't normally expose myself to right. in this conversation. Um, and so those are just a few ways that, yeah. you know, I get to hear on a regular basis some perspectives that are just different than mine.
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: And probably probably better, too, yeah. if I'm being
0: honest. Yeah, so. awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I'm personally, I haven't, heard of those those people and and I I've heard some of the, you know wide awake is is a book on my list to read. I'm currently li- uh reading uh The Color of Compromise. Yeah. Uh great great book so far. Just super dope. Um but Be the Bridge is a, a I think that um Be the Bridge is a resource that everybody should be connected to. Um. Yep. somehow they have a facebook group that is that uh is really dope a lot of great resources a lot of conversations and they they have like they even have the list of the resources for you already so following yes. them I, on ig facebook group uh you know the podcast that you mentioned um and yeah man let's keep having these conversations let's let's keep trying to bring these things and these resources into our rhythms. And, um, but most importantly, let's build these relationships and let's have these conversations, you know, uh, man, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of, of loving, uh, others and, and, and just, you know, for the sake of humanity, man. And, and, and just remembering that, you know, we were all made in God's image and, you know, we just we just gotta we just gotta appreciate and love humanity the way you know strive to love humanity the way God loves humanity, right? Um, and so thank you, Matt. Thank you for joining us today. Um,
1: oh, thank you, bro.
0: I can't wait uh, to have you back on, you know, in 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 the future. And and uh, and man, I, you're you're just a great guy. And and thank you for your friendship overall, you know. And uh, I love you, bro. I love you. And uh, yeah, man. Thank you.
1: You too, man. Thanks. Thanks for the seat at the table.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. That was it for today. Hope you got something out of it. Uh, hope you were inspired by it. Uh, and we love you guys. Thank you for joining us. This was the LOD podcast.